Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Welcome to Ask Margaret from What Fresh Hell, laughing in the face of motherhood, answering your parenting dilemmas one question at a time. Today's question comes from Kristen, I think is how you say it. I need advice about, quote, bedtime struggles, unquote. My four-year-old's bedtime routine of potty brush teeth, two books, and bed has turned into an hour-long affair of three potty trips, six books, and a nighttime story and a don't leave, don't leave. Most recently, he has started throwing tantrums before bed. This is no fun. My husband and I both work full-time. We also have a two-year-old daughter and no one wants to put him to bed anymore. I try to stick to Margaret's not negotiable mindset, but when it's 9 p.m. on a Wednesday, I'm done. Kristen, if you listen to our recent episode on the Great Regression, you will know that everyone is busy regressing right now, right? We've all got kids who were like maybe potty trained and back in diapers. We've got kids who didn't mind. Um, we just had someone on the Facebook page, which you guys should come to, facebook.com forward slash whatfreshellcast and come join the group, who said her 10 and 12-year-old are watching Caillou again. And I was like, OMG, same, because my 11-year-old is suddenly talking a lot about Caillou and how much he loves that show. There is something in the air. And I don't even know if this question came before or after coronavirus, but I think to extend it and to bring it into our time... It is very natural that bedtimes are creeping right now. So for me, I have an 11, uh, 9, and 8-year-old, I think. Anyway, about that. And our bedtime, we always had a firm 8 o'clock bedtime. Our bedtime is now solidly like 9.15. There's just a lot of creep going on. They're sleeping later because they're staying home for school. And so there's a lot going on in my house that is not quite as firm as it used to be. But it does sound like your bedtime is getting too stressful for everybody. And so I think something else we've been saying a lot that might be helpful for you here is to remember one of our favorite phrases, which is boundary-seeking behavior. So a lot of kids right now are engaging in behavior to test whether or not things are still the same. Because for them, the world has changed. Their schools are shut down. They're not allowed to see their friends. People are wearing masks when they go out in the street. And their whole feeling is like, wait, the world is really different. And so at home, they are testing a lot of boundaries to say, are mom and dad still in charge? Is bedtime still bedtime? Am I allowed in cases of older kids to suddenly curse at my mom in the kitchen? Like we're seeing a ton of this boundary seeking behavior. And I think bedtime is falling into that same category. Bedtime is also, think of it 
for yourself. I know in my case, bedtime is the time where I get in bed and I think, what if schools never reopen? I guess we're not going to be able to do our big family trip that we had planned for later this year. What's going to happen with my sister's birthday that was supposed to be so special this year? All of the thoughts of the day that you're kind of holding at bay tend to come up at bedtime. So it's natural that your four-year-old is feeling a lot more anxious and needy at bedtime none of which solves your problem. So we're going to work on that now. So I think it's a good idea to reframe this as boundary-seeking behavior because then your job is to provide the boundary so that what your child, through their behavior that is not saying, can you help me, is asking you for is, is everything still the same? So the more you enforce and get clear on bedtime, I think the more comfortable the kid will be. It's a bit of a guess, but I think it's probably right. So then practically, how do you do that? You say bedtime is becoming an hour-long routine. One thing I often suggest is actually moving back the start of bedtime. And so we have done that. It used to be 7 o'clock was like, it's bedtime. But we knew the kids weren't really going to be asleep till 8. But that would start the process of like showers and I want a bath and teeth brushing. And my kids, I'm, I'm not talking about a four-year-old who's still doing like potty and whatever else that move that process a little bit earlier so you're not dealing with the frustration at nine o'clock at night of, oh my God, just go to sleep. I am so tired. It's the end of my day. And then you have to start to place some limits around what behavior you're going to allow. And so, you know, I love the whiteboard. Maybe put, I did this, I put a piece of paper up on the wall and I was like, here's what happens at bedtime. Potty trip, check mark next to it, open box. Teeth brush, check next to it glass of water, check mark. And then it kind of gives you points and it gives you like, these are our expectations in bed. These four things happen. Story, one story. And then you can keep a book and read it by yourself. But our involvement with your bedtime, let's get up earlier. Let's check the things off our check. A glass of water. You already had your glass of water. See that check right there? And there's one next to your bed if you need it later. And then for me with a four-year-old, I would go in at uh, 45 minutes before you want them asleep. I would start the bedtime routine. I would have a check mark. I would say, we've done potty. We've brushed our teeth. Oh, nothing else to be out of bed for. And then I would be clear that that is the end of our bedtime routine. And now it's time for you to go to sleep. Even with a four-year-old, I might say, you can leave the light on and read your own story for another 15 minutes. And then I would leave and then I would come back in 15 minutes and say, oh, lights out, have a great sleep. And then every five minutes I would come in and if they were out of bed or doing something that was not appropriate, I would say night, night and put them back in bed fairly sternly and just run that routine again and again and again until you kind of wear them down. So the more you are in and negotiating, oh, okay, fine, one more story. Okay, I'll read you. I'll get you one more glass of water. You're both getting into the mix and getting really unhappy. If you can move to a system of here are the four things we did. Okay, we checked those four things off. Okay, this is the time mommy leaves. In 15 minutes, mommy will come back and put you back in bed. And then every five minutes after that, I will come in and say, it is time to go to sleep. Get in your bed. I'm going to tell you it might last for an hour after the 45 minutes the first night. But I think if you can keep that routine going and the expectation becomes, no matter how much I whine, beg, plead, try to keep this thing going, nothing else fun happens, your child will eventually give up. There are some great old episodes, the thing that saved me for this, of Super Nanny, 
look on YouTube for some of the old like super nanny ones where she shows you like how to get a kid who won't stay in bed in bed. And she became my guru. And it's a lot of just like blank facing the behavior. This is the night trim routine. Nothing fun. After that, I am the shutdown mom robot. Nothing fun happens. If you come running out of your bed, I just blank face you and put you back in it and walk away. And they eventually get the message that, oh, this jack-in-the-box doesn't pop no matter how much I wind it, so I'm bored of winding it. So I would check those out because they really helped me a lot. Kristen, I hope that helps. It's not an issue of being like a strong mom or a non-negotiable mom. It's just an issue of figuring out tricks that make your four-year-old stop making everyone miserable at bedtime. I've been there. I've super nannied it. It worked for me. I hope it works for you. Let us know how it goes. And if you have a question for myself or Amy, send them to questions at whatforshellpodcast.com and we may answer your question next. Stay well, guys. Margaret, it's an exciting news day. An exciting news day indeed, Amy. A few years ago, we launched our first spinoff podcast, Toddler Purgatory, hosted by the hilarious Blair Brooks and Molly Lloyd. And guess what? Now Blair and Molly are back with their all-new podcast, Unsticking It. You know Blair and Molly as two busy moms and actors, and somewhere between potty training and the pandemic, they both felt like they lost their creative kaboom. In their new podcast, Unsticking It, they are going to talk about how all of us can get back to what lights us up after motherhood. Amy, I need this. Me too. And Blair and Molly will be talking to fellow imaginative minds. We're talking actors, artists, and creators of all kinds about how we can all unstick ourselves from whatever muck we're stuck in. Follow, subscribe, and listen to Unsticking It wherever you get your podcasts. That's Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life stucks. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk, and let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It.